Welcome to Divorce Talk with Nicola Beer, a show dedicated to creating change and emotional healing for executives, professionals, and expats in the various stages of marriage breakdown and divorce. Discover insightful strategies to better manage your personal affairs and learn secrets to creating more happiness, love, and success you in your life love. today. That's what the films and the, the song lyrics say. But what happens when the love of your life or your whole entire family is living hundreds or even thousands of miles away in another country? As the world is getting smaller, mainly thanks to social media and cheaper, more convenient air travel, it seems that more of us are having long-distance relationships before and in marriage. There are literally millions of us who are involved in long-distance relationships, despite the preconceived notion that they just don't work. But what are the key secrets to making them work? And if your marriage is falling apart or you're feeling that it's falling apart, what can you do to keep your marriage alive if you're living apart? Well, that is a really powerful question and one that I couldn't possibly answer on my own if it wasn't for having the experience of working with hundreds of people and and learning from them and also learning from my dear brother. And I'll talk to you about my brother's relationship in a minute. So I've basically compiled these eight tips from working with different couples and that have successful long-term marriages where they are living apart. And a marriage living apart could be a period of six months, a period of, of ten weeks, a period of five years, some even 10, 15, 20 years. So what can you do if you feel that the distance in miles is, t- is, is really affecting you. I am an international relationship and divorce coach and I've learned from people who live in many expat countries and cities. I've seen how it can devastate and, and ruin a marriage and I've seen how it can actually create more connection and, and a stronger togetherness. So I'm going to share these with you and I really hope they're useful. I'd love to hear your comments so please post your comments either on this page or, you know, do feel free to uh, go to my website, which is www.purepeacecoaching.com, where you can also post some, some updates there. So tip number one is, wherever possible, share the travelling. Now, for some of us, there's, we don't have that option, especially if you've got children, it may be difficult for you to travel. I was working with Ahmed, who lives in Saudi, and it was impossible for his wife to to travel to Saudi because she couldn't get a visa. So it does depend, but if you can share the travel, it's really important because travelling takes up a lot of time and is exhausting for the traveller. Not to mention the cost if you're not sharing expenses. I, I've spoken to several expats where they work really, really heavy weeks and then they go home once a month and do a seven-hour flight for a weekend. And they're literally just wiped out by the time they get there. So if you've got the option to share, I really recommend you share the travelling. Tip two is plan enjoyable activities you have energy for. When Alex started coaching with me, he was furious because every time he flew home, he was greeted with a list of household chores to do. From fixing cars, painting rooms, putting up shelves, fixing bikes, 
His list was literally never ending, and his wife presented it to him every time he came home. He, he hit the roof one day because he got, he got home and his wife had promised that he would go round as soon as he got in and start helping her friend fix her fence. So she wasn't, his wife wasn't only giving him jobs to do for them, but also signing him up for other activities for other people. After a hard week at work and, a, and the usual tiring air commute, which is packing, taxi, passport control, flight, passport control, taxi, or however you get there, he was exhausted. He barely had the energy to watch a film, let alone get stuck into any DIY. He felt that his wife no longer cared for him or was really interested in him. He felt that she just wanted him to do jobs done and to bring in the money. And he started resenting her and he started getting frustrated. Unfortunately, he didn't really communicate this, so it just festered for a long time. But what that does is that kills intimacy, it kills affection and it kills the the communication. So you really want to have activities that you both have energy for and, and think with the traveller in mind in this scenario. It was also similar for Nina when she used to come home from her trips and she would end up cleaning up the house for about four hours after her husband had left it in such a mess. And she would be frustrated because on her weekend she wanted to do things together, she wanted to enjoy, see her friends, relax after a full-on week at work and, a, and you know, a, a, a trip back, a flight back home. But instead, she just had to clean up after her husband. In both cases, affection and intimacy is destroyed because it's the weekend is set with frustration as the mood. So really do, you know, take note of this and make sure that you've got lovely things to do with the energy of the traveller. You know, so it could be a romantic dinner, take ordering a takeout, having a bottle of wine, if that's what you like to do. But just something where you can relax and unwind, or just, just engage in some great conversation. It's really important, if you can, just to have a few hours alone together when you first get back, so that it sets a great mood for the rest of your time together. Tip three is ensure you have alone time, but don't isolate. So Peter lived away from his family for many years and jobs at his salary level and position weren't just available in the UK. He just couldn't get the high paid job, he couldn't get a job, there were very few jobs available in the UK in in his speciality because he's in such a specialised investment field. So his wife has always refused to join him arguing that she and the children are settled in the UK and they're in the schools and they have friends and she's got friends and she's got her family and so that she she refuses to move. So for the past 10 years, they've only had actually one full year together. And Peter came to me to discuss whether his marriage was over or could be saved. I never judge or give my opinion on this matter, but I do help individuals gain clarity through my programs by looking at their most important emotional needs and helping them to establish whether their needs are currently being met and if they're not, how can they meet them and um, also ask them some other powerful questions about their relationship and we review the highs and lows. Anyway, so one thing Peter found frustrating was that he never had any alone time with his wife because when he used to go home, 
obviously they have three children and finding time where they could connect and have have alone time was was difficult the children were 9 11 and 14 and they were running around doing activities for the children and taking one to rugby and the other one to ballet and you know their weekends really were all about ferrying the children around to different activities that they loved to do and Peter found that when he came home his wife would normally do this but when he came home she wanted a break she's been running around and and looking after the three children alone for the last 10 years so when Peter comes home for the weekend it's her weekend to do what she wants to do she sees her friends she sees family she relaxes and leaves all the ferrying around for him but the sad thing is is they didn't have any alone time and this really caused a lot of strain on the relationship because their needs weren't being met and they started disconnecting and disconnecting and disconnecting. So, as I mentioned in the other point, I really suggest, if you can, hire a babysitter, ask your friends to watch your children, have that first two or three hours, just you alone time, the two of you, can really make a difference in a marriage that is where one lives apart, and one lives in one country, one lives in the other country. Now, the reason I mentioned not to isolate is because some couples do the opposite, and this can also not work. So when Yusuf got a new job in Saudi Arabia, he used to fly home every two weeks, and Sarah and Yusuf used to spend every second with each other because they thought, well, they're married, they should you know, want to spend time together, they've only got 48 hours... We must spend it together. So, literally, they stopped doing all of the things that they love to do. They turned down friends' invitations. They stopped the uh, sports activities. They didn't do events. So, they literally just became living the same weekend again and again and again with each other staying indoors. And Yusuf called me because he was concerned that his frustration and boredom had meant he'd fallen out of love with her. And he was considering whether whether they just weren't compatible anymore, he couldn't understand it. And we worked out that really he hadn't fallen out of love with her at all, he'd just fallen into boredom. And they weren't doing things that grow their relationship. Because you see, relationships have to grow, if not they will die. Like anything else in life, life is about growth, life is growing. So you know, you need to continually grow, and so does your relationship, and so does your marriage, so that's really important. So when we started saying, right, stop spending every minute together, see your friends again, do activities together, they had a great, uh, stronger bond, and, and everything was more positive. Tip four is policy of openness and honesty. You've got to be as open and as honest as possible. Whilst apart, keeping the relationship alive by being honest is everything. It's sharing everything you're thinking, feeling and doing. Even if it's your daily schedule, your thoughts, your plans. This really builds trust and trust is key for long distance relationships. Without it, you may wonder what the other person is doing while you're not there. Or even doubt their fidelity to you. If you leave out information, the quality time that you spend together on the end of the telephone line or on video conference, can quickly end up in mind games, destroying the the small amount of time that you have together. So you don't have the luxury that normal couples do where you can just make up 
see each other quickly. So you really need to make the most of this quality time that you've got together and do that by being as open and as honest as possible. And remember, if, you're, if you do start having doubts and, and things creep into your mind, just keep reminding yourself that your relationship is built on trust, love and respect, and that will really help you do that. Another thing I mentioned is to agree on regular communication, and that's tip five. Jealousy can come without regular communication. We've all been there when they don't phone when they say they will and straight away your mind starts wondering, are they with someone else? Can they not be bothered to speak to me? In order to avoid this, agree that you will phone, message or email at least once a day or every other day. If you want this relationship to work, you need it to feel like you're in a regular marriage or relationship. The one where if you want to offload your troubles and share news for the day, you know that he or she is there for you. If jealousy is an issue in your relationship, then I am going to be talking about jealousy on another podcast because you can shift jealousy, and if you're the one suffering from it, using a few techniques, and I'm going to dedicate a whole podcast to that so you can move move past that. So another thing, tip five, is use a webcam or Skype wherever possible. So... Seeing each other is really, really important. And whilst it can't compensate for actually being with someone, it's a real good way to keep in touch whilst you're apart. The fact that you can see each other and are giving each other undivided attention is important. It's all too easy, and I know I've done it myself, to be on the phone whilst engaging in other activities, such as watching TV, uh, reading your email, checking out social media updates, driving, shopping, cooking, etc., I have to admit, sometimes when I'm on the phone, I also do read emails at the same time. And it's a horrible thing to do because it, you can tell if someone's not giving you your full attention. And if it's a person that you love and it's your only time you're speaking to them, it can destroy the the bond and the, the communication because you may feel, well, if you're not even listening to me, I'm not even going to bother to speak to you and then the the whole communication breaks down. And communication is the key factor in making a marriage long distance work. So you really, really, I do can't stress enough, like using a webcam and making yourself fully focused in on them and not have, doing, having any distractions is, is, is really important. The tip number seven is turn the away time into a positive. So this is really about not spending every night wishing your time away you know it's a sad way to live if you're constantly wishing that you were somewhere else or that things were different there are many reasons why you may be living apart it may be because of financial reasons or work commitments or education or whatever it is um you know Wishing time away or longing for the other isn't really going to serve you. And as I mentioned earlier, all relationships must grow. And this includes yourself. So use this as an opportunity to learn and develop and grow yourself. It could be learning a new skill, doing an online course, socialising with friends, going to the gym, getting into a a new physical challenge, pampering yourself... It's all about finding something that you can do and grow as an individual and then that's something you can then share on the phone with your partner. And tip eight 
is probably the most important. Well, I think it's the most important. And this one actually comes from my brother, and I'll, I'll share his story with you now. So my brother was in a relationship for five years before they got married. He met his girlfriend in America, and due to her doing her degree in America and then him doing his degree in the UK, they couldn't live together or be together until five years. And they kept up a long-distance relationship for five years, seeing each other two or three times a year. And he said to me, I said to him, what is the most important thing? He said, without a doubt, ensure that you've got a common goal. So for them, their common goal was that they were going to get married, and then they got married, and now they've been together, married, happily married for four years. For others, I've coached, and that have done really, really well in, in their relationships and come, got to know. And they said, yeah, Nicola, it's all about having a common goal and knowing that we're doing this for a reason. So if you're apart, you really do need to have a reason and a common purpose for the future, of a common purpose or goal for the future of why you are living apart. It could be a plan that that's important to you or to your family, such as putting your children through a private school, having a great retirement together, getting out of debt, looking after the family. If, if you know, we can't be together because the job's one in one place, but you want to be home because your mother's ill or you want to help your children, your sister with her children or something like that. It could be about children's education. It could be about developing your career for the short term for a long-term gain, but without a shared purpose or goal for the future, it's really, really hard to keep the marriage alive, especially if you feel some resentment or some anger or some selfishness about the reason for the actual living and having the marriage apart. So I really hope that today's podcast was was useful to you. Like any relationship, long-distance relationships require effort to make them succeed. The key things really are communication, trust and openness. It will really strengthen your relationship whilst you're apart and working towards a common goal is is really important. So if you don't have one now, I really encourage you to start creating one for why you're apart. Love is never easy and should never be taken for granted as enough to keep a relationship alive. Whilst long-distance relationships and marriages can be difficult, They can and do work for many, many couples if both parties put in the effort. I would love to hear any comments that you'd like to share, any new tips that I've missed. Please do, you know, get in touch with me either on my website, which is www.purepeacecoaching.com, through email or on this site. I really hope that we can all learn from each other. My heart to yours. Wish you all the best. Thank you for listening to Divorce Talk with Nicola Beer. If you have enjoyed the program, please leave a rating and review on iTunes so more people dealing with marriage breakdown and divorce get the support they need. If you want more great free resources such as Secrets to a Happier Relationship, Moving on Fast After Divorce, or Tips on Parenting Through Divorce, be sure to visit purepeacecoaching.com today.